0: What up, what up, what up? Welcome to this week's episode of Pals Pod and New Orleans Out Network Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Raphael Rattler, joined by my fellow middle brother, Garrett G-Money Rattler. What's popping with you, bro? I'm good, man. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was kind of vibing to our new uh, intro music. It, Everybody kinda, got some intro music around. Yeah, <laughs>
1: man. It's kind of saucy. I like that. Uh, everything's good, man. Got that that draft uh, draft lottery out the way. So, you know, we're on to, to the new important things of who's going to be the next member of the pelicans or you know is the trade you know are they going to trade the pick away so it's some interesting times in the city right now man so how, how's everything on your end
0: uh everything is blessed it's hot it's, it's no no hot.
1: no 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 it's hot. no it's very hot no it's
0: yeah hot. yeah yeah
1: it, okay, it, no. it's hot uh what you think
0: about the first game of the east conference
1: finals though hey man listen that that heat defense is serious, man. And, and Jimmy Butler, uh, listen. People talk about how great Luca has been this this postseason and how great Giannis was this postseason, um, and, and things like that. And rightfully so, right? Those guys are incredible. But but Jimmy's been right up there, man. And he he turned it up in the third quarter. Uh, the Heat turned up the defense in third quarter. Um, and it's, it's, it's you know it's, it's it was it was a good game, man. It was crazy, but. You know, I, I think I think that the Heat are going uh, to take this. I think they're going to take this. I think they're going to take the series. I just think that they are uh, a little bit too, you know, a little too deep. Uh, I'm, I, you know, Tatum is tough, but I, I think the Heat are playing, you know, the Heat are playing uh, are playing good basketball right now. So it's gonna be good, man. Good series. I'm ready for Luke to see Luke and go and, and go to state tonight.
0: Ooh, I think that's gonna be interesting, man. I have no idea how the Warriors plan to defend Luke. like who Wiggins, yeah. like. Mm uh
1: yeah. i I guess that is gonna be the million dollar question man I mean luca has he, Mikael Bridges was runner up defensive player of the year. And I mean, I, you might as well have had a, what, what Patrick Beverly called Chris Paul on ESPN. Might as well have had a
0: traffic pony. <laughs> <calling him. laughs> uh, yeah, man. He, he, he disposed of him rather easily. Right. So yes. Yes, he did. Um, before we get into the show, for the reason why y'all came this way, make sure y'all follow us on Twitter. Uh, follow us on IG at Pell's podcast. Like the episode below. Most importantly, subscribe to New newwallens.network. Now, the other day, uh the the draft lottery came. Have you ever noticed like the difference between like what the NFL does for the draft versus like what the NBA does for like the draft lottery? Like it was like 30 minutes. Like I texted you before. I was and, like yep. I was like, I thought they were gonna have like some two hour special that was dragged on and tell you about the like the life of Damian Lilla and stuff like that, but like none of that happened. Right, it, it's crazy
1: because every year you think that like every
0: year i think the same thing like every year you like okay
1: the draft lottery is like a an hour long thing you like wait a minute this at seven and the game is for 7 30 i'm like oh okay yeah.
0: yeah so uh anyway draft lottery happened um uh, came and went it was a lot of chalk not a lot of surprises that that really happened there um orlando landed with the first pick but uh the pels landed right where it Everyone had them slotted to land where the percentages mm-hmm. lie the most. So the draft is June twenty third. So we got roughly like a month until then to ponder and question what would the Bellicks do, right? So right. before we to the, we jump into the kind of the, the meat of the show, I want to take a look at like some of the past. Past eighth picks overall, right? Just to kind of get you a sense for what you might be getting at that pick, right now, mind Mm -hmm. you, there's a lot of context that is missing here. So Mm -hmm. you got Franz Wagner, who was incredible as a rookie. Franz Uh, was good. Mm -hmm. He 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 was he was he was incredible. Obi Toppen, he's kind of like finding himself there. You got Jackson Hayes. We kind of know the story on Jackson. Mm -hmm. Colin Sexton, who's a really good player, but injuries, and we'll see Mm -hmm. like where he fits. Like I don't know if he's going back to like I. I think something's going to happen there. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Maybe they bring him you got Frank Nevaquila who's on the, getting minutes right now. Uh, we'll it's crazy it that way. crazy. Um, I don't believe that, but he is Marquise, Chris Stanley, Johnson, Nick Stopskis, KCP. That's a good role player. Terrence Ross, Brandon Knight had his time, and everybody's favorite Alpha Rukamia. So <laughs> you, got, you got you got like a mix of names, right? Like you got right, a right. lot of role players, some players who you know maybe could get to that next tier, but all in all, you know, a lot of role players, a lot of average players, right? A lot of below average players to some degree as well. So you look at the eighth pick and you say, what is the value there? Now, again, there's a lot of context that goes into this, right? Like what is the situation that they're going to? Are they asked to score? Are they asked to do um, X, Y, or Z? Or or are they supplementing a roster that's ready to compete already? Which rarely at the eighth pick are you ready to do, right? So I want to talk to you before we kind of go into like, what are the options at the eighth pick? Let's let's address the first part. What's the bigger need for the Pelicans going into this offseason? Cause I think depending on who you ask, you might get a different answer. Mm-hmm. Is it three-point shooter, which they ranked at the bottom of the league in? Or is it rim protection for someone who has switchability in the playoffs? What are your thoughts?
1: Right. So so that list is is a tad bit underwhelming, you know, at, at the eight pick. Um, you know, there's there's gonna be a lot of you know talk on about you know should the pelicans trade down uh should they you know find some value in, in stocking up so I think if you're looking right at the at the pelicans and, and and God willing you know first of all shout out to everybody in the chat man appreciate y'all yes, sir. coming through and support man I see all y'all uh and, and everything so uh right right to God willing I, I'm with you man I think three-point shooting is the most important um uh you know thing going on so with, with, with the switchability thing, right, obviously that's very important, right? And you would want to have that guy. We saw, um, you know, JV get attacked and uh, and you're starting to see, uh, you know, even some of the, the, the bigger men and even some of the, the the guards and wings that, you know, if you can't play defense and you can't switch, um, you know, they they are attacking them. You know, ask Peyton Pritchard last night. They, I mean, they <laughs> just attacked him. But I think for this team, Three-point shooting is such a, you know, it's such a dynamic weapon, right? It's one of those things that, you know, if you catch lightning in a bottle, a a three-point game, it doesn't matter, like, who's hitting. Like, we saw Grant Williams close out a playoff series shooting 18 (laughs) three-pointers in the game, right? Like, Grant Williams is not the greatest athlete in in all of these things, but he had a niche skill set. That, that won them a playoff game, right? And, and you see the importance of that three ball. And so when you look at this roster and you look up and down at the guys that's on the roster right now that's going to be playing uh, next season, when you think about Zion and CJ, B.I., J.V., Herb, uh, Jose, all of these guys, you know, they, there should be – you know that one guy. You know we we talk about Trey Murphy and how his uh, his kind of improvement during the playoffs and even during some of the more uh, you know important games coming down the end of the season. Uh, he his improvement and his ability to get on the floor and knock those shots down. Well. You saw what you know how much we were big for you know Trey Murphy to get on the court, um and, you know and and everybody wanted to see Trey Murphy play, uh, and so getting another shooter man, getting another guy to kind of put around y- y- you know your high usage ball handling guys, um it, it is is paramount because you want to keep make the make the job easier for the the heavy low guys right the the JVs the Dions the BIs the Herb, those guys those heavy usage guys are gonna need outlets to go to when they're double teamed when they're triple teamed then it's gonna be difficult to do that, but they're, you know, the NBA defenses find a way to muck up games and find defenses and you need outlets. And so when I'm thinking about, you know, the floor spacing, uh, that that another shooter will bring, and we'll talk about you know prospects who bring that, um, you know as as the you know we get closer to the draft and things like that. Just the ability to have a knockdown shooter, or you know a guy who is threatening. Uh, we again, we've seen not even if you make the shots, we've seen people like Max Struess, Duncan Robinson, people uh, people like that who just their mere presence gives. You know the the J- Jimmy and Bam and, and guys like that. Um, you know open shots, and so I, I'm looking at how much the three point shot uh, can affect you know games and and affect the way uh, up and down the roster that those guys will, will help, uh, you know play. And so I think the three point shooting is paramount. This you know this draft. Yeah,
0: and I, I agree with you. I think that. The way that basketball is coached now, like at the youth level and then collegiate and things like that, what's focused on the most? Shooting, right? So you have Mm -hmm. a lot more guys that can come into the league capable of shooting the three ball at a high clip, right? Mm -hmm. There's less guys who are big, tall, athletic, seven foot tall, can switch, right? Generally, and you already have one on the team right now, Mm -hmm. generally it takes time for the bigs to be able to adjust to the game, but also just kind of get their footing to how – you know the NBA is run right, like it takes mm-hmm. time for them to do that, and so you know, I, I, I tend to lead with you. I do think that because of how this team is constructed, three point shooting I I'll put it this way if the Pels can outscore teams in a lot of ways, you're not gonna have to worry about perimeter defense because the people are gonna need to catch up with threes, right? And mm-hmm. so, you know, if you have another guy on the court who can space the floor. You know, with with two of your, you know, BI and CJ or Zion and JB, whoever is on the court, you have another guy that takes that type of presence away so that the defense has to decide, do I leave this guy, do I stay this guy? Like I think that that is a bigger need than having someone who can defend in the pick and roll at the big position late. Now I'm not saying it's not a need, but I do think the biggest need is three-point shooting. But there's three ways to address that, right? Like there's there's the draft right, which you can do that. But I talked about that. Like it takes some time for big guys. Which you're in a compete now situation. Do you really want to go through that experiment all, all over again? You could trade for it. Like I don't know a lot of guys who have big bigs that can switch and defend on the perimeter that want to trade them. But you know that's his the mm-hmm. word there. Or you know you can sign somebody a free agency. So like th- there's different ways that you can address that. I think in this situation, based off the options, and we'll talk about it in further pods, I just think there's more options available to help you with that three-point shooting need. So, you know, it's interesting because, again, if you scroll down Twitter, everyone's got an opinion on what the Pelicans (laughs) do. Who they should pick. Oh, should they trade down. Oh, should they trade up. Things like that. So they've traded twice. They've traded down twice, which is the opposite of their friends across the street, which is the saying <laughs> <to> trade <up. laughs> they've traded. They've they've traded down twice uh, in the David Griffin era, both with you know the Jackson Hayes and and, and No situation, and then with the Trey Murphy situation. That was quite different because it was a part of a bigger deal that mm-hmm. got landed you JV right. And so those have been the situations. But my question to you is, you know, it is there even like a partner at to trade up? Like, is that is that in the cards, and then like, how do you feel about potentially trading down? Or do are the prospects all kind of in the same group for you? Like, what are your thoughts on like the options available? Not necessarily what you would do, but right, where do you think that lies?
1: Well, you know, I, I, first of all, I, I've seen a lot of discourse, uh, you know, on Twitter and, and on social media about you know trading a pick and, and things like that. I think going into this draft, I, one of the things that the Pelicans uh, have to Uh, you know, have to take into consideration is that, you know, again, we talked about this on Monday on on the podcast about, you know, the the price, right, the cost of the roster and things like that. And, you know, you get a situation where you can add, uh, you know, I I see a lot of comments, you know, right now talking about best player available. Um, If you get a chance to add one of those guys, uh, you know, one of those you know, shooters or one of these you know athletic guys off the uh, off the bench to kind of you know supplement that bench area. Um, I think you just pounce on it, right? You go ahead and you take that guy, um, and, and you 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 know you run the gamut and see what's going on with, with with that situation. Because you know if you if you take that pick, first of all, trading up would be. I think the only person I would want to trade up for uh, if I, you know, if I was David Griffin would be, you know, a Jaden Ivy type of player. Right. That guy. Right. If that, if that trade is available, I know Houston has been rumored uh, to kind of be willing to, uh, you know, open for that, that third pick. And I'm not sure what they would want. Uh, but, but one of the things that the Pelicans have as far as like, Moving up, if you wanted to do that, uh, would be the fact that you know you have a lot of draft picks, right? A lot Mm -hmm. of surplus of draft picks Mm -hmm. that you know you possibly can't use all of them, right? We've seen Boston have to give up trade, uh, uh, draft Mm -hmm. picks or even draft people and they just walk away because of the sheer number, um, of the you know when they got that Boston, uh, Brooklyn trade, and so uh, you have a lot. Um, you have a lot of uh, of you know a lot of draft picks to kind of use and uh, you know some tradable contracts uh, depending on how people feel about certain players and things like that. And so if you wanted to move up for, for Jaden Ivy, um, I do think that that's you know uh, I, if you think that Jaden Ivy is the piece to plug in and fit, um, you know and, and take this you know the Pelicans to wherever. And then you know you also have picks coming through and everything like that. So I I, I just think that you know if you want to trade up, the options are there, but I. I Jay Nivey is the guy that you would trade up, not trading down. Now that's a different situation because we've seen the Pelicans, like you said, do that a lot of times, but, In this situation, what are you trading down for, right? Are you trying to add even more draft picks? Is that what you're trying to do? Or are you selling it as you're moving back in order for somebody to move up, but they also need to take one of the contracts that you're you're giving off, right? Mm -hmm. So if you go from 8 to, you know, 11 or 12 or 13 or something like that, um, but you also get off Devontae Graham, uh, Devontae Graham's number, or, you know, somebody else's Mm mid-tier contract or something like that, um, then that's also an option that I I think, you know, is – would be the only way you should be able to look down uh, to be trading now. But those are the only two options as far as moving up or down. Right now, I think the Pelicans are in a really you know good spot at eight. Um, it's one of those weird spots where like you don't – like there's nobody – worth the eighth pick right like that's such a like a finite spot because it's not you don't want to trade you know the eighth pick for a guy who's going to be averaging like 10 to 12 points right but if you if you had like the 11th or 12th or 13th pick then maybe right you might consider that uh you know if you wanted to get a guy who was going to be averaging 14 15 on this roster with the guys that you have because you got to remember these guys who are averaging 18 19 20 points a game who may be available you aren't going to be not only are they not going to be able to do that on this roster, but you won't even be looking for that. Uh, type of, uh, of offense um, from, you know, from this roster. So, um, you know, you want to make sure that you, you're using your cash base and diligent, uh, your, your cash base and your money diligent um, and your roster spots as well. And so I do think that there is value at, at the eighth pick, um, whether it be, Bennett, you know, one of these guys, Mathur, uh, Matt Mathurin that we'll talk about later, uh, Sharp, or whoever's there, I think those guys can come in uh, and fill that position better than uh, or, or as equal to value as somebody if you was to give that away and then also have to pay the, that guy. As well
0: yeah I, I tend to agree with you I think that trading the eighth pick for a role player like trading out like this isn't even trading up I'm always for I'm always the team no matter what sport if you like a guy go get mm-hmm. the guy like if you right. think he's the guy go get the guy because draft picks there regardless of their first picks lottery picks whatever it is like some of them pan out some of them don't like a lot of times you just you just don't know until you get in the situation right and so you know, to me, like, if you think you know that that's the guy, you go get him, right? And so mm-hmm. no matter who that may be, whether that be Jay and Ivy, whether that be Sharp, like if one of those fall, I don't I don't think you're getting in the top three. I, I just think right. that what yeah, like yeah, the, it's ask, tough, yeah. mm-hmm. the ask would be ridiculous. Like, they'd be mm-hmm. probably asking for players and mm-hmm. picks and, you know, stuff like that. So, like, I don't, I don't think you're getting there. But as far as trading down, it's, it's to your point. Like, if you have everyone kind of grouped in a similar spot that, hey, they can contribute because the Pelicans are in a situation where they don't need this guy to be great. They don't yeah. need this guy to come in and set the world on fire. Save like the you, franchise. You know, mm-hmm. you, you're coming in and you're learning and you're competing to get in the rotation at all. Like, that's that's what you're competing to do with this A spot. If you do, even better. If you don't, it's not necessarily hurting the Pelicans in year one. And mm-hmm. you know, to your point, as the years go on, the pals still have more picks in the future. Like they still have additional picks. So you're gonna be in this conundrum over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the 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 thing that I just can't get with is the trading for a role player. To your point. The eighth pick, we just looked at the eighth pick. It hasn't been that successful, but who's to say that like this particular pick won't fit this right. team well. So right? let me
1: let me let me speak on that a little bit because I, I saw that 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 pick and that list is what you know is is not like I said it's is up it's and down, great. right? Yeah. Right. But but as far as like looking at recent draft picks and like considering what might happen now, like nobody thought the thirty fifth pick was any good until Herb Jones almost yeah. run, you know. Defensive player of the year, you know, or or when Draymond hit. And so, you know, looking at former draft picks and kind of like, okay, well, the eighth pick then wasn't good. The eighth pick now probably should not be good, so let's trade it away. I don't think that's doing it any justice. Listen, you you know, at at any point in time, you could hit on, you know, at any – any draft pick, right? Look at Dame Lillard. Look at, you know, a- anywhere up and down the, the, the roster of, of when people were drafted. Um, Nikola Jokic just went back to back MVP and he got drafted during the Taco Bell commercial in the <laughs> second round. So, I mean, like, there's, you know, you, you can hit like the past doesn't have anything to do like those are just like it's like lot it's, it's literally like the lottery right just because you know your your brother might have hit the lottery doesn't mean you should go out and keep playing the lottery because your brother hit it um you know and, and so I, I think you know if you just isolate yourself um and look at what's available and the players available that's more important than kind of looking at the back and seeing that list of, of all of those eight picks that that those picks don't have anything to do with this pick this this
0: year. Correct. Correct and and I feel the same way. And so when you when you have that mindset again, the Pelicans have shown you they, they, they've they been pretty good at drafting. Like yeah, you know, not nah hasn't necessarily workout. out. Kyrie, you have no idea because he got injured. But like them finding gems and finding talent has been you know pretty good, right? Like even mm-hmm. Jackson, like for for as inconsistent as he's been, you can't say that he's not talented. Yeah. You can't say that like the the ceiling is high. Hey, does he ever get there? Who knows? But like. You can't say that the Pelicans evaluate this talent and it would turn out to be a total bust, right? Like right. There, there is potential in there, right? And you've seen glimpses of it. So, you know, my whole thing is to your point, you didn't expect to be here. You didn't this is an extra pick, right? Like you didn't expect to be here. So why not take the best player that you think you know it fits your scheme fits fits that what this roster needs right now let them grow and who knows what you're looking at in two to three years like hopefully mm-hmm. you have an abundance of riches where you have to figure out Who's gonna get minutes where who has to go where and, and yada yada yada? So um, on top of the expensive part of trading for a role player who already has a contract. So like for his insert, that was our bad last week. I said Kevin Herter was a, entering a free agent. Turns out he's actually already had an extension, so he'd be needing he would be needing part of your cap space as mm-hmm. he would be brought it out, right? And so yep. I don't think that necessarily solves the issue, it more so creates one. So um what I want to do next is you know try to evaluate what the Pelicans have done so far, right? Like let's let's take a look at the David Griffin area. So what players might they be looking at? Let's look at the types of players. So obviously, Zion, let's throw him out. He's one of one, right? But let's look at the recent years. You got Jackson, you got Nall. you got Didi, you got Kyrie, you got Trey, you got Herb. That's a lot of athleticism. Right. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of guys who could potentially get better offensively, but a lot of defense. Right. Like a lot of guys who have the traps to be good defensively. Kind of a lot of projects like in a way, like a kind Mm -hmm. of a lot of how we can mold them into what we need to be because we already have the superstars there. Right. So Mm -hmm. when we look at this list of of players um, that could potentially be there at eight or whether they trade down a couple of picks or whatever it is. You got A.J. Griffin out of Duke. I think that's an important one. And, again, we're not going to go into too deep of depth on these players now because we're going to have a whole pod um, dedicated to uh, kind of player review in terms of players that might be available for uh, for the Pelicans. Um, you got Keegan Murray, Johnny Davis, Benedict Matherin. That's a fan favorite. Dyson Daniels, Shane Sharp. Jeremy Sasha and Jalen, Jalen Durant. Those are, I looked at almost every mock draft I could find to see who people were slotting to, to the Pelicans. And you've seen all of those names. So out of those names, who stands out and why?
1: I think too. Right. I, I, I think too. Um, I think that i am i'm kind of with the with the fan with the fan base on on this one with with benedict man benedict Mathurin. um i just you know he has the the athleticism the kind of spark that you want um off the bench um type type of thing and i think his shot creation although it's not like at the greatest level right now um he has the ability to do it um but he's his shooting is what was going to get him uh you know on the court and 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 in a contract uh and things like that and so you know his his shooting ability uh his flair for the dramatics I, I i saw a couple of i was watching a tape on his uh, he was like behind the back passing and, and hitting people like that i just think that that's a you know you would obviously have to reel that kind of stuff in but i think uh, having a guy like that like you want to re- have to reel a guy in instead of like trying to drag it out of a guy so uh, i kind of like i like him shade sharp and, and dice and daniel so i i'm, I'm not sure that sharp is going to be there at eighth you know, so. uh, he, right so. he has not he hasn't played, you know. He didn't play in, in college at Kentucky. He didn't get uh, on the court. He reclassified and, and registered late, so there's like not a lot of footage on him. Uh, but what is there is his, you know, his measurables and his athleticism. He was the number one player uh, coming into his w- with his high school, uh, his high school class. Um, he was the number one player, and so uh, he has a ton of athleticism, um, a ton of like burst. Um, his footage from high school is you could you could tell that like, this is a guy that was you know he he's going to the league right you could tell um i don't think he's going to be there i know a lot of like gms and, and scouts are like in love with his um his measurables and where he could be um you know he his shooting is a little iffy um but i do think that you know it can it, it can get better like he's he's a guy that's going to get better um and, and same thing with dyson daniels right he played in the g league um and and, and things like that and so he his shooting another one uh, he, i think he shot like 29% from from the three point line um, which is not great. Um, but everything else he he does well. Uh, there's a lot of things he does well. But I think though, you know, M- M- Benedict Mathurin out of Arizona, he he's a guy that I'm leaning towards. But the other guy for sure is going to be AJ Griffin. You, me, and you and I have talked out uh, off the pod um, about you know how I feel about AJ Griffin. Um, you brought it up. You, I, I think it's a very astute kind of lineup thing that you got going on when you say that you know you want to kind of draft if you're looking at AJ Griffin. Uh, the new this year's Trey Murphy, right? A six six guy. Um, 220, his body, he's NBA body ready, uh, to defend and everything. He, uh, I, there was an article, I, I can't remember who wrote it or where I saw it. Um, but apparently he had one of like the best shooting, uh, seasons of a, of a freshman in like the last, 20, 30 years, um, 41% from three, uh, can defend on both sides, can, can kind of put the ball on, on the ground a little bit, but like, that's something that he's, he's going to be working. But a lot of his, a lot of his, uh, um, you know, a lot of his tape is catching and shooting. And, and, and J I, I agree. He has a lot of injury, um, has some injury things going on with him. Um, that kind of, that's probably going to, you know, keep have people looking in, in, into his injury history. But I do think, you know, again, with, with, the way that the Pelicans are built, um, and the, the, the offense that they have. Um, I don't think that you need him to come in and be, you know, that guy where he has to immediately contribute, you know, from the get go. Um, I think that if, if there are some injury concerns, I, I think he's clear, but I think if there are some injury concerns, um, the Pelicans are a team that could kind of soften that blow a little bit and, and kind of help him get to, to where he needs to go. But if I, if you, if you, if you ask me though, those are the two guys that I, I'm looking at, um, is Benedict Mathurin and AJ Griffin.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm really high on, on Mathurin. I, I will say that. Uh, I, I've got a, a, a couple friends that went to Arizona. I reached out to them. I watched a bunch of the Arizona games. Reached out to them. I was like, well, how do you feel? They're like, oh, no, he's a real deal. Like his mm-hmm. jump from his freshman to sophomore year was ridiculous, right? And so if you look at where he can, he can go, like in terms of his, his development, I think he has one of the higher ceilings of this group uh, of, of guys, right? And so, you know, not only his ability to score – but how he scores like a lot. He was one of the best um, catch and shoot players in the draft, right? Like mm-hmm. he's one of the best uh, catch and shoot players available, right? And so what are you going to need with with Zion and B.I. and C.J.? Like that type of thing, right? His his element is similar to Trey in that, you know, I think he's probably a little bit better that he can take you a little bit off the dribble, but it's not his strong set. Like mm-hmm. it's not where, you know, he, he – he really thrives right now. Now the development and the growth is there because he's very athletic um, and things like that.
1: And, and can you imagine? He loves playing in transition. Not to cut you off, but he loves playing in transition. Could you imagine, like you know, a, a Jackson Hayes rebound or whoever the, the big guy is Anybody getting out, right? Finish, and it's yeah. and it's like it, it's him and Zion and, and Bi and CJ just running a tray, running to the corners with him and uh, uh,
0: Benedict and Trey. It's just a he loves playing in transition. Is, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, I the more and more I watch, the more and more I think he's the guy. I do think uh the uh, the Jeremy Sash from uh Baylor, the four the defensive four, mm-hmm. um, who's okay at the three point line, I think that's an interesting play because of what we just talked about what it what are the Pels' prototype the last couple of years has been athletic defensive guys who they think they can get better offensively, and that's just mm-hmm. another way. You nicknamed him mid season wing stop in New Orleans, like <laughs> like that's another guy that kind of fits that bill right and so Mm -hmm. that kind of intrigues me from Pelican State like what are they thinking there same way with Dyson Daniels I I think the same way a really good defender who has some growth area as far as shooting and stuff like that but the other guy that I'm looking at I'll type of AJ Griffin yes I do think his skill set would fit well in New Orleans I'll put it Mm -hmm. that way I do. I do worry a little bit about his injuries. I do worry a little bit about his defense. His, his feet seem a little bit slow. Like mm-hmm. his perimeter defense seems a little bit slow. But um, but I don't know. But the, the guy, the other guy that that kind of interests me is Johnny Davis from Wisconsin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he he was mm-hmm. a high usage score, uh, which. We talked about in the last pot. I don't know if he's getting that type of green light. He's not getting that type of green light next season no. on the Pelicans. Yeah. So he would have to adjust his game a little bit. But, you know, all in all, what I see about he's a really good de- perimeter defender. Um, mm-hmm. He's a, He's got craftiness to the game. The same way you say uh, Benedict uh, has that explosion, that nasty, that dog in him. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he's got that craftiness. Like one of the one of the player counsels like Manu Ginobili, and of course you know that's my you know guy. That you right? <laughs> and, you know, and so and so that type of skill set to partner with the rugged and uh, the second line group we already have off, uh, mm-hmm. off the off the bench here in New Orleans, like that 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 seems like a good fit, right? Like somebody with a different type of skill set, similar to you know. And shout out to him, pour some out to to Nikhil, right? Like he has a mm-hmm. lot of craftiness in his bag, but I think his is a little bit more refined at this point in his career. And so he, he, yeah, he Johnny is a little bit to me.
1: Yeah. Johnny's Johnny's the, the safe pick. He's the, yeah. the safe pick of the draft. He's the big 10 player of the year. Um, And, and uh, what I like about Johnny is that uh, he, uh, like you say, he was a high usage score, um, but he, he was, he was a bulldog on defense, right? Sure. He, he is committed to the defensive end. Um, One of those full court pickup guys, uh, things like that. Um, I think he, he'd be a really, really safe pick, um, you know, my, my thing with him would, would be his shooting, right? His right. he's not right. uh he's not the shooter, right? He's not that he's not that guy that the the dog um that that Benedict has on offense, he has it on defense, right? Benedict mm-hmm. doesn't really have the defensive chops right. like Johnny does, right? Like Johnny Davis does. And so I think right there is just a pick of like it, you know, if both of those guys are available and if those that's the guy that David Griffin and Trajan Langdon are, are, you know, discussing between, I think it's more about, you know, do you want the defensive side um and then you know bet on Fred Vincent and the, the development coaches of the of the Pelicans to kind of get that offense going? Um kind of similar to what they're doing with Jose and a lot of the other players on the team, like you mm-hmm. talk about the the defensive guys, um, turned offensive, but or do you want Benedict, the guy who going to come in and get you those buckets and get and get those things and then you kind of you know hope that he can get through with his you know athleticism uh that he can kind of catch up defensively so uh you know johnny johnny is a is a is a good pick he's going to be the like everybody's talking he's the safest pick in a draft probably is going to be a you know a really good um you know either role player or he might even turn into a, you know a, a high-end starter uh for for a team and so uh i think i think you know johnny's a good a good a good uh a good guy to look a good option to look at too Right.
0: So and again, we're not going to get too deep into mm-hmm. player eval because we're going to we're going to we're going to do that on bigs. I see a lot of people talking about uh, some of the bigs, Jalen uh, you know, what what does that mean? Right. Um, and we'll, we will have a whole pod dedicated to that. But what I do want to touch on and again, look at us, man, we, we make a good time. Like normally you <laughs> got an hour. In. Mm-hmm. What I do want to talk about is like, what does this mean for the players already on? We talked about this a little bit, you know, last pod and, and the pod before that, but, you know, depending on where they go, you know, we just talked about the downside to drafting a big, like a, a true big, not a wing who can kind of play the five because you have that layer dance too. Like, are they just mm-hmm. going to get three people who really should be forced by playing <laughs> the five and Jackson, you know, uh, and stuff like that. Are they going to do that? I don't know. But, like, I'm talking about babies, like j Duran, like guys who are center, who play the five. Mm-hmm. It's going to take them a little time, right? Like, it's going to take them a little – like, where would you play them? I don't think that their the team is necessarily rushing to get off Villarreal and Gomez. He's a huge mm-hmm. locker room presence. So, you know, whether you think that they need additional rim protection or not, which I agree that they do, are they doing it through the, the eighth pick, right? Are they doing it through a draft pick at all, right? Or are you getting a vet, right, to, to kind of come in and play that role? So – you know, what does this mean for guys like Devontae Graham? What does this mm-hmm. mean for guys like Jackson Hayes? What does this mean for guys like Billy who maybe they do? Like maybe that's one of the the hurtful losses that you have, similar to a Josh Hart at the deadline. What do you think this means for some of those guys that are kind of in in no man's land from a where's my role going to be next season?
1: Yeah, and, and you know, I, I see Jay Nola talk about it, it Najee as well. Uh, you know, these are, these are all guys that, you know, have have seen you know their roles either be taken by somebody else or um have just seen you know the the team kind of shift away uh like as far as billy goes right so um you know jackson kind of started being he won that that backup five you know back uh started four minutes until um until uh, larry nance got there and then larry nance got there and it just pushed billy all the way out and so you know th- those guys uh, first of all, I, you know, I we've talked extensively about the Devonte Graham situation. I think that regardless of where they look at, you know, in the draft, I think that that's a situation where he's going to be, uh, you know, he's going to be looking for, uh, you know, he's going to be, he, he's going to be the guy up there, right? He's going to be the guy up there for, the, for to be moved uh, first, of, first and foremost, and um, you know, just because of his money, uh, his defensive liability, uh, things like that. Uh, I just think that that's a situation that's totally separate of the draft. But as far as like Jackson. Billy, Najee, guys like that. Um, you know, I, I think Najee is – is. I don't know if he's – I don't want to call him safe, but I think that that's a guy that, you know, we call, we call him breaking case of emergency players, a guy that, has, that knows the system, knows Willie Green, not getting paid a whole lot, we um, will give you everything on defense in the event that you need him, right? He's a guy that we're probably not going to be looking uh, at a lot of minutes for Najee next season. Um, but if you needed a guy to break in case of emergency, um, I think Najee's good. Now, Jackson and Billy – are the guys that's like okay what's going you know what's going first of all you know jackson's going into this contract uh it, you know it's, uh Contract extension talk um, this summer, and, you know, that's a separate situation in and of itself because, you know, Jackson may see himself, um, you know, as something else, then the Pelicans may see himself. He talks and everything, but, you know, we, we always talk about once the doors close, um mm-hmm. you know, the, and the conversation turns uh, into money and role and, and things mm-hmm. like that, how does that conversation go? Um, it's, it's part of what uh, David Griffin talked about with Zion, right? It being a, a, a difficult, uh, a challenging time uh, as far as the contract extension, when you would usually think that that's, Really easy. But like but Jackson is a guy that, you know, I'm, I'm depending on what the market is. And, and again, we talked about the market uh, of, about Jackson and what it might potentially be with his, uh, you know, his his liabilities on whatever the case is on the floor and then his off the floor things as well. Um, does that work in the Pelican's favor? Give them a little leverage. Does he do things like that? Um, I think Jackson is a guy that you, you we've talked about it. Like you, you want to keep him around because we talk about switchable deep div- like if he's not there, there aren't any switchable guys at the big right. other than Larry Nance. Um, and we saw what happened when JV, um, you know, got attacked and attacked and attacked and things like that. Right. And so I'm not sure that draft they're going to draft a big man because uh, again there is a a glaring hole for three-point shooting in a in a spot like literally that backup 2 guardish spot um is is open right is either going to be Kyra or Jose or this draft pick or what you know somebody has to fill that role right there um as far as like second guard off the bench or even lead guard off the bench depending on the draft pick and so yeah. I think Jackson is a guy that I don't know about if if this is going to be a situation where he gets replaced due to the draft pick. Um, but Billy, Billy is a guy that I, I think we might we talking about these uh, the, these hurtful losses um, is a, is essentially situ- essentially a guy that's um, going to be looking at you know. He talked about wanting to play at the end of the season, right, and, and wanting to help and you know and help and and so when you when you bringing in Larry Nance and you're bringing Zion back and you know, and things like that, Bill, Billy is going to be, he's going to be, you know, sparing, man. So that's a situation where Billy may, may want to play and, and you know, and, and get some minutes and things like that, regardless of how he feels and the locker room feels, it, it just might be a numbers thing. So, you know, the, the draft is going to be adding a guy to the roster who's going to need minutes. All right. Mm-hmm. And that, that is a situation, whether you trade it back or so, somebody is coming to the Pelicans and they're going to need minutes. Um, And we talk about the 27 point per game phenom that's coming back uh, (laughs) that he's going to need his minutes. And so 33 um, minutes, they got to go somewhere. Extensive minutes.
0: Right. And so Trey's um, Murphy
1: minutes got to go up too. Yeah. Yeah. So so this is a situation where, you know, it, it as much as you like a person, as much as you like a player. Um, you know, if that player sees themselves as a as a guy who deserves to be on the floor, and you just don't have the minutes to do it, then I mean, at, at that case, is just a situation where you know things might have to have to end between the two. But it, you know, I, I think as far as like the bigs go, and again, we'll go into the, the, the prospects uh, of the bigs and and things like that. As far as the bigs go, I I don't think that, you know, this draft is going to say, Hey, we're going to get this guy. And then this guy exits um, as far as like any of those guys. Um, And again, I think that Najee is a guy that they're going to keep around because he's so cheap and he knows the system and he's, you know, they trust him to an extent. Um, But, but, but like you say, big say, so it's just a good problem to have. I keep calling it, the first world problems, you know, these are new to the Pelicans, new to Pelicans fans. Um, We haven't had to, you know, the Pelicans haven't had to deal with this kind of situation, um, you know, in a while or ever, uh, uh, honestly. And so um, it's just a, you know, a matter of sitting back and and letting these guys do what they do um, and, and taking, but the the point of the matter is, is that the team is is built a certain way. um, And those guys, the guys that are coming in are going to need to supplement the team that's already
0: built. Yeah, uh, and I agree with you. I I mean, Billy Hernan Gomez was untradeable at the deadline. Like, he was off limits, right? And that was, you know, pretty much every time Billy played, he got a double-double, so you kind of feel for him, right? Like, every time he got a chance to show you he could be that backup center, like, he performed offensively. Now, the defensive side is, you know, where the struggle is. And so the thing that hurts Billy is, like, even let's say a couple years down the line, J.B. kind of gets older – you kind of already have the same type of player on the roster. And so, like, mm-hmm. in a league that's going, like, away from the traditional big, you already have two of them. And so, unless JV is hurt or something like that, it's always going to be tough for Billy. And you mm-hmm. talked about it. Like, he, he, it, you could hear it in his voice a little bit at his end-of-season presser, as much as he's a locker room guy. Like, he wants to play. He's an athlete, too. Like, he wants to contribute. He thinks that, you know, he's not at the peak of his career. He's still youngish. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, he wants to play, too. So, you're to your point it may come down to just those tough decisions. Um, The good thing about Jackson Hayes is like you still have another year. And so for a player like that, even if you don't come to some type of agreement this summer, you just let it play out uh, and kind of see where it goes from there. Uh, And then the deadlines in the middle of the season, you still have abundance of assets moving forward. Like you can always be versatile, but you don't have to force anything. And that's kind of the vibe that I got from David Griffin and the end of season presser. It's like, Even the reports about Devontae are like, we don't have to force anything. Like, we Mm -hmm. could just not make any moves, draft a guy, and just go into the roster, go into the season exactly like we were. We don't have to do anything. Like, Devontae could just sit on a bench and not play, and it wouldn't Mm -hmm. hurt the team necessarily. And so I think he may be doing that from somewhat of a a business standpoint to not, like, kind of show your cards and stuff like that. But all in all, he's kind of right, right? Like, he's in a position where, you could draft an additional shooter that can come in and get that minutes, and not really change up the, the chemistry you've built already with the team because you got to ship this person off and this person off. Now, is that the best move? Just to just stay in pet? Who knows? Times will tell. But I got a feeling like that's kind of the position that they're saying to the rest of the market. They're saying mm-hmm. to the rest of the league. You know, if you want something from the roster, you know, we'll 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 talk and discuss it. But we don't have to. Like we don't have to. You know, bend over um and, and on a deal and and, and just kind of uh, take the loss there like you can actually decide what what it is you want to move and whatnot right so um they're in a really good spot like we talked about on last spot like every single it's wild to see the narrative from the beginning of the season to the post like we're not even at the postseason the the, the the finals the western conference season, <laughs> the finals like every single article you read, man. man the Pelicans have set up great, man. The mm-hmm. Pelicans are an exciting team, man. The Pelicans are building something special, and now it's like, well, yeah, <laughs> they there's, are. There, right? There's only right?
1: one. There's only one team in the NBA that had, that that was a playoff team and has a lottery team, and that's the New right. Orleans Pelicans. So
0: right, and didn't play without the guy who scores 27 points per day. Right. So, yep. you know, you want to see it established. You still had a bad record altogether, but you want to see it established altogether with this group, have a full off season. see what you can grow, see how they can better get to know one another, see how that continuity grows, and just kind of, you know, make adjustments around the edges like you talk about. So, um, that's all we have for today. Again, we wanted to kind of keep it short. We know that, you know, the lottery was short, so we'll be short on that, but we'll be back with you next week uh, with more content as well. Uh, before we let them go, what you got left for the people, Garrett?
1: As always, you never know what people are going through, so give somebody a smile today. Yeah, the the the, the lottery is over. It's, it's time to kind of hunker down on these prospects. Um, all in all, I don't think that the Pelicans are going to trade the pick. Um, it would. Surprise me i think we've seen a lot of writers talk about that um local writers as well talk about how they don't think that the pelicans are going to trade that pick oh, so, so i think it's yeah it's just a lot time to lock in um and, and look at the, the the draft picks that are available um and the prospects there so uh follow myself at Garrett underscore rattler on twitter follow my brother at Raphael underscore rattler uh follow us on instagram at pelicans podcast and on twitter at pals pie and subscribe to new orleans.network we'll see you guys next week yes sir are we out